Yo, what is going on, Raider Nation? This is your boy, Raider Glenn Diesel, and this is Commitment to Bringing You Excellent Podcast. So, there's been some crazy, crazy stuff going on right now, man, with uh, with our Raiders, uh, especially with uh, Carr uh, basically not coming back um, to, to play with us. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of things going on, um, you know, like he was a scapegoat. Uh, like he was uh, set up, uh, he was sabotaged, um, you know, by the benching and, you know, McDaniels didn't want him and, you know, and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff or whatever. So kind of what I want to do, man, is I want to kind of set the record straight and uh, and basically, you know, let you guys know that um, it wasn't a, a sabotage. It wasn't a uh, conspiracy theory, you know, as far as, you know, wanting to, you know, make Carr look bad, you know, with the play calling. Uh, you know, like he wasn't trying to sabotage him to, uh, to, you know, basically make him look bad or, or whatever, you know, um, he had every intention into, you know, basically, uh, rolling with car, man. And, uh, you know, car didn't hold up the end of his deal. So, um, I want to kind of take you back, you know, um, you know, peel back this onion, you know, so, uh, come along with me for this ride, man. So, um, how I want to start this, man, is, is basically, you know, there was a report coming out uh, that and it, it was documented that Mark Davis has been quoted saying that he's been wanting to come off of car since 2017. OK, so. He signed car to a five year, one hundred twenty five million dollar contract, uh, which at the time was was the highest uh, contract in NFL history. OK, so. Uh, him signing him to that contract, he's pretty much, you know, saying, okay, this is going to be our guy. You know, he is the uh, uh, franchise quarterback that's going to lead us to uh, a Super Bowl. Okay. So going into 2017 uh, season, we all know uh, it was some, some controversy stuff going on. You know, Colin Kaepernick was was doing uh, the kneeling uh, and a lot of the, uh, you know, football players or whatever was, was taking a knee uh, in kind of support of what, you know, Kaepernick was, uh, was basically kneeling for. So Carr um, having an all black uh, offensive line, uh, one game, uh, you know, the game against, you know, Washington, uh, they all wanted to basically make a stand and they were all going to uh, go to kneel for that game. Okay, and here's the report. Uh, Carr was against the offensive line protesting, and they had a fight in the locker room before that Monday night game with the Redskins. They were fighting in the locker room, and that's the uh, that's the only all black offensive line in the NFL is the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr is a Bible thumper uh, to the fullest, and so he was basically trying to force players to read the Bible before the game and do all uh, this stuff. And they were like, "No, that's you. Um, you know, that's your thing. Um, we're not doing that." Uh, so he got upset uh, about it, and uh, when the whole offensive line basically said that they were going to kneel, he was like, no, you're not kneeling. I'm the captain of this team. I'm the quarterback of this team. This is America, and you're going to stand for the flag. And they got in a fight in the locker room. So when they, so when they came out to play, uh, they basically uh, said that they had it in their mind that they were basically just going to let uh, Washington just run uh, ruck shot all over car. So 
if you look at it, if you go back and look at that game, uh, Carver sacked uh, a season high six times that game. Coming into that game, he was only been sacked four times all year. So he pretty much was kind of like, you know, trying to throw his weight around uh, instead of being a leader and, you know, getting behind, you know, his players. He tried to uh, throw the Bible in their face, uh, you know, and basically tell them, no, you're not doing this. I'm the quarterback of this team. You do what I say. So he lost the locker room. Okay. So after 2017, the basically they got rid of anybody that had an issue uh, with Carr. You know, uh, a lot of people didn't want to stay there, uh, you know, free agents or whatever that was, that was, you know, uh, their contract is up. They didn't want to resign. They basically wanted to go elsewhere because he pretty much uh, lost that locker room. So they right there kind of made it, you know, uh, drew the line in the sand and basically said, okay, we're, you know, we're getting behind Carr because they kept Carr and got rid of all the other uh, players that basically, one, had an issue uh, with Carr, two, didn't want to play there uh, with Carr being there. Now, you know, Mark being a football, you know, not being a football guy, you know, he's the business guy. He's always uh, said in, you know, many press conferences or whatever that, He's the business guy. He's going to surround himself uh, around football uh, people that have, you know, basically football minds and let them make the decision. So in 2018, when John Gruden gets there, he basically uh, left it up to uh, to grew on what decision that he wanted to make. If he wanted to you know, stay with Carr, if he wanted to get a different quarterback, obviously, you know, Gruden uh, been in the booth, you know, seeing from afar, uh, said he wanted to stay with Carr. So he kept Carr in 2018. You know, we basically had a 4-12 uh, season. Uh, and then 2019, we had a 7-9 season. Uh, 2000 and tw- uh, or uh, 2020, we had a 8-8 season. So we really wasn't, you know, he really wasn't, you know, doing anything. You know what I'm saying? He really wasn't lighting uh, things up. Uh, or whatever. So, to this year, when uh, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler came in, you know, same thing. You know, Mark Davis sat down with them and said, "Hey, look, you know, I'm gonna leave it up to you. What do you guys want to do? Do you guys want to uh, keep Carr, or do you want to go ahead and, you know, what are your decisions? What do you want to do?" So, you know, it, it was said whenever you know Mark, Josh, you know McDaniels, you know, come over. He said that he wanted to basically, you know, Carr was one of the reasons that he he didn't say it was the main reason, but he said, you know, Carr was one of the reasons why, you know, um, he decided to come there. Because if you look at it, he's going to be a nine year vet, you know, again, looking from afar, um, you know, you you know, you might not watch all of the film or, you know, watch every snap of, of Carr or whatever. So you, you know, possibly don't know all of his, you know, tendencies or his. Uh, his deficiencies or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So he's like, look, I'm going to go ahead and and, uh, and keep him, you know, and kind of roll with him and see what we can do. Now, Carr was on his last uh, year of that five-year, $125 million contract that he signed back in 2017. Okay, so during the offseason, uh, what they did was, is you know, they was trying to make a decision on what they wanted to do. Um, they did not uh, – retain Josh Jacobs uh, fifth year option. So they uh, decided to um, not pick that up. So 
at the end of this year, Josh Jacobs is uh, going to be a free agent if they don't decide to keep him. Um, they went out and signed, you know, Chandler Jones to a big contract. They went out and uh, traded for Devontae Adams, signed him to a huge deal. Um, they signed Max Crosby to a uh, to a huge deal. They signed Darren Waller to a huge deal. They signed uh, Renfro uh, to a huge deal. So if you look at it, you know they're loading up. Okay, they're they're giving you know car you know weapons, um, and so when they sit down with their car, they said, "Hey, we know that you're you know you're in the last deal of your uh, or last year of your deal. Uh, we would like to give you uh, an extension, uh, but we want to see what you can do in our system. Uh, we want to see if you can you know." Uh, pick up the system. Uh, I want to see you run my system before I make a, a long-term decision with you. Yes, we're going to give you a uh, three-year extension, but I want an out after the first year. Uh, if I decide that you know you're not going to be you know the quarterback uh, going forward for me, okay. So it wasn't like it was a, a, a blind side or if it was you know uh, done behind his back. Uh, they they sat down like grown men, negotiated, talked about it. He, so he knew up front what the circumstances was um, if he didn't play well this year. So what he did was is he said, okay, I, I, I tell you what, you know, since you want to have an out in the contract, I want to out as well. I want a no trade clause because if you decide that you want to get rid of me at the end of the season, you're not going to send me somewhere that I don't want to be. So I want to control my destiny on where I go. The two uh, parties agreed upon it, so they went ahead and wrote in uh, a no-trade clause into the contract. Carr signs the contract, so he knew what he was signing. It wasn't like he said, here you go, put uh, a pen and you know the paper in front of him and said, sign it. No, he knew exactly what he was signing. Okay, so he knew what the stipulations was. Uh, again, if you know he didn't play well, he's not going to be here. Okay, so... Um, and you look at it, like I said, you know, they didn't pick up Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option. So it wasn't like, you know, it was just picking on Carr. You know what I'm saying? They didn't know what Josh Jacobs can do in the system, okay? Um, so they went ahead and it's like, you know what? It's just a prove-it deal. It's a prove-it deal for a lot of the players. Anytime a coach uh, or a new regime take over, you know, they usually try to evaluate what's here. You know, uh, what talent we have, what we don't have, you know what I'm saying, who we're going to keep, who we're not going to keep. So it was an audition pretty much for for everybody um, here. But obviously they seen something on tape for them to, you know, sign Waller, Renfro, and Crosby to, you know, two contracts, but decided they didn't want to, you know, give, you know, Carr uh, that extension without giving that out. So that's that's number one. So keep, keep that in mind. You know, they didn't have no no issues in signing the other ones. Uh, but, you know, they did with Carr. So, it looks about, they spent, again, heavy on the offensive side of the ball. About 68 to 70 mil was, was on the offensive side of the ball. So, I mean, they left, you know, little to nothing pretty much uh, for the defense. Okay. So, they had to do a lot of, you know, one-year uh, you know, contracts to kind of field uh, a 53-man roster uh, on a, you know, defensive side of the ball, all right? So 
but I see the thinking in it. And a lot of people, you know, uh, didn't see or, you know, understand, you know, kind of what was going on. But what was going on was that they were looking at it. Okay, you got a nine-year vet in Derek, uh, Derek Carr. You got Josh Jacobs, one of the uh, best running backs in the uh, in the league. You got Devontae Adams, the best receiver in the league. You got one of the best tight ends in Darren Waller. You got uh, one of the best or the best slot receiver in Hunter Renfro. That's a lot of firepower. So they they went into it with the mindset of saying, you know what, man, it's, it's going to pick your poison uh, type of offense. You know, who you going to double? You know, you double, you know, somebody, somebody's going to be open. We're going to be able to pick them apart. We're going to score. We should be able to score around 28 to 30 points a game. And that, and that was their mindset. They wanted to, they wanted to basically um, uh, score a lot of points. And then if they had to, you know, with the uh, the firepower and offense, if they had to get in a shootout, they felt uh, really confident that they can get in shootouts and win those shootouts. Um, and then let that defense, you know, gel because a lot of those players uh, that was over here, uh, they've had a defensive coordinator uh, three years in a row, a different th- uh, defensive coordinator. So um, they're having to learn three different uh, defenses every year. Again, that's not really fair for the defense. Uh, the defense is trying, you know, uh, trying to learn a defense, and then all of a sudden, you know, the next year they're having to learn a different defense. So they knew it was going to be uh, um, some growing pains on the defensive side of the ball, uh, but they felt confident that once they figured out the defense and the players that they had here, they were going to catch on. They were going to, you know, uh, start gelling. And then about, about the end of the, you know, the year, the defense would be uh, kind of rolling, and then the offense would be, you know, uh, be what it is, you know, uh, a prolific, you know, style offense. But we all know that that didn't happen. Okay, so again, going into the season, like I said, Card knew exactly what was what was at stake. Okay, so I'm going to basically break it down uh, into like you know um, quarters or whatever uh, of the season to kind of show you the, the the play that Derek Carr displayed and how uh, the mindset changed later on in the season. So, first, mindset. We're going to outscore. We're going to just be a high-powered passing uh, team with all this firepower. We're going to be a passing passing football team. Okay? So, you're always trying to um, install an identity. What's your identity the first part of the season? Okay? So usually about about the first eight games uh, of the season, you're um, finding out what your identity is. Um, And then, well, I say about the four or five games, you're trying to find out what your identity is. You know, the next four games, you're fine-tuning that that identity. So you're about eight games in, halfway through the season, now 17 seasons, so you have to, you know, do it a little different. But when it was a 16-game season – you know, usually, you know, by eight games, you you know what your identity is on defense or uh, on offense or whatever. Then the la- last eight games, November, December, it's playoff ball. It's basically this is what we are. You know what we're going to do. Now stop it. Okay? That's that's uh, how the football is broke down. September and October is you're establishing your, your identity. You're fine-tuning your identity. And then when it's uh, time to put your uh, big boy pants on and, and uh, play uh, playoff football, basically, the second half of the season, 
is you know what I'm doing. This is our uh, identity. Now stop it. And if you, you know, if you got some, some dudes, some, some dogs, it's going to be hard uh, to kind of stop. So the first five games, starting with week one, Derek Carr, uh, I'm going to do completion percentage, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, and QBR. So 59.5 completion percentage, 295 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions with a uh, 69.1 QBR. We lost that game. Now, Josh Jacobs had 10 rushes for 57 yards of 5.7 average and zero touchdowns. Again, you know, like I said, I'm kind of painting this picture for you. We were, you know, we started out the season as a pass-heavy uh, offense. Basically, you know, showing you he only had 10 carries the first game. Second game, uh, 64.1 uh, completion percentage, 252 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and 99.5 QBR. We lost the game. Jacobs had 19 carries, 69 yards, a 3.6 average, zero touchdowns. Third game, 59.1 completion percentage, 303 yards, two touchdowns, one interceptions, 85.7 QBR. We lost that game. Jacobs had 13 carries for 66 yards, 5.1 average, zero touchdowns. Fourth game, 61.8 completion percentage, 188 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. I had a QBR of 76.6. We won that game. Josh Jacobs had 28 carries, 144 yards, 5.1 yards per carry, two touchdowns. Fifth game, 63.3 completion percentage, 241 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 110.6 QBR, and we lost that game. Jacobs had 21 carries, 154 yards, 7.3 yards per carry, and one touchdown. That was the Chiefs game. We lost by one. Um, We did have the ball there uh, at the end. Basically, the offense had the ball, and uh, we could not do anything with it. We had to we basically uh, um, turn the ball over on downs. Kansas City gets the ball, and um, basically nilt, nilt, run the clock out. Same thing with the week one. Uh, week one against the Chargers. We lost uh, uh, that game. We had the ball. Uh, at the end, we basically uh, had the, got the ball back like at 3.25 left in the game. And we went four and out, turned the ball, or basically uh, turned the ball over on downs. Uh, Chargers gets the ball back with two minutes left on the clock, and we never got the ball back. The Chargers only scored seven points in the second half of that game. We lost 24 19. So there's two of the five games. Uh, that we had pretty much uh, last second, um, the ball, basically the ball, um, the offense had the ball with the nine-year vet and that high-powered offense and couldn't get anything done. Basically had to turn the ball over on downs. And like I said, the first game, the Chargers only scored seven points in the second half when we lost 24-19. So, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, 24-19. So, that's kind of setting up weeks, you know, week six was to buy. So they're looking at all of this or whatever. 
and they're talking to themselves. Okay, so what's going on? Like, are we, you know, do we need to, to change, you know, how we, we do things? You know, are, are we needing to become more of a running team? You know, uh, they decided to, again, if they were trying to, you know, set up car, if they were trying to um, uh, sabotage car or whatever, you know, they would have either make the decision to come off of car. I mean, we're one and four to start the season. Okay, not the season that we thought we were gonna we were gonna have. Okay, car's not playing good. You know, car uh, car's numbers uh, during the first during that first five games was he had a sixty one point five completion percentage, one thousand two hundred seventy nine yards, eight touchdowns, and four interceptions with a quarterback uh, a QBR of eighty eight point three. Not stellar numbers. You know I mean not, not lighting you know uh, lighting the world on fire. So they if no, they wanted to come off car if they didn't, you know, believe in car or wanted car to be here. You know, they would have right then put in uh, Jared Stidham, but they didn't. They also didn't take the ball out of his hands. They were trying to get Carr to be the quarterback that he needs uh, for this offense. So they they went ahead and they stayed with you know um, being a uh, uh, pass first team. So we're looking at week seven. And his completion percentage is 77.8, 241 yards, a touchdown, zero interceptions, 116.2 uh, QBR. Uh, we won that game. Jo- uh, Josh Jacobs had 20 carries, 143 yards, a 7.2 uh, yards per carry, and three touchdowns. So this is going to be a theme. I'm, I'm going to go back uh, here in a minute. Uh, so this is the Saints game. And it's week eight, 57.7 uh, completion percentage, 101 yards, no touchdowns, an interception, 50.3 QBR. We lost that game. This is the game that we got shut out. We lost 24 nothing. We did not cross the 50-yard line. Okay? Josh Jacobs had 10 carries for 43 yards and a 4.3 average. Week nine. 58.3 completion percentage, 259 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 99.2 QBR. We lost that game. Jacobs had 17 carries, 67 yards, a 3.9 average, and zero touchdowns. Week 10. Uh, this is the Jeff Saturday game. Uh, the guy that just basically was uh, was a week a week before, prior to coming coach that. Uh, the coach was a TV analyst uh, sitting in a chair analyzing games. Got called up to be a, the interim coach, and he beats the Raiders. His only win of the season was the Raiders game. Carr's numbers was 63.2, completion percentage, 248 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and 99.5 QBR. We lost that game. Jacobs had. Uh, 19 carries, 78 yards, 3.7 uh, yards per carry, one touchdown. So his numbers so far after um, on his two and basically we're two and seven in in the season. His numbers are 62.7 uh, completion percentage, 2,128 yards, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions with a with a QBR of 89.6. So in uh, in these basically week ten, Josh Jacobs has one, 
two, three games over 20, uh, 20 carries and the high of 28. So as you see, it, it was a pass-heavy offense. They basically put the ball in Carr's hands and said, okay, you know, lead us. You know, be that quarterback that we need. We got all this firepower. You know, let's score some points. And they quickly found out the games that we won was the games that, that Josh Jacobs basically went off. Uh, the game in week seven, he had uh, 20 carries of 143 yards and three touchdowns. That was a game we won. And the other game that we won was week four. He had 28 carries, 144 yards, and two touchdowns. So they quickly find out, okay, we need to, we need to change our identity. Again, I told you, beginning of the season, we set the identity. By week eight, week nine, you should already have your identity and, and trying to, you know, basically have it fine-tuned and then go into the back half of the season uh, trying to uh, push for that playoff berth. Here we are in, in at the halfway point. We're two and seven, and we're having to change how how we uh, base our identity because uh, the first part of the identity that that they tried was not working. They put the ball in Carr's hands, and he basically wet the bed. So they looked at it and they said, "Okay, we got to change it." Here's the second time if they were really wanting to try to sabotage Carr, if they were you know, uh, trying to set Carr up, they would have took him out right then. So we were one and four at the beginning of the season. Now we're two and seven, and they still stayed with Carr. So what they did was is, like I said, they they changed philosophy and they said, okay, let's let's start running the ball. So we go into the back half of this of the season. We got six games left in the season. Carr, 62.2 completion percentage, 307 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 106.5 QBR. Josh Jacobs had 24 uh, carries for 129 yards, a 4.5 average, and touchdown. Next game, 69.4 completion percentage, 295 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, and 98.7 QBR. Uh, we won last game. We won this game. Uh, Josh Jacobs had 33 carries, 229 yards, a 6.9 average, and two touchdowns. Next game, 53.3 completion percentage, 250 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception, 89.6 QBR. We won the game because uh, Josh Jacobs had 26 carries, 144 yards, 5.5 average, and a touchdown. Next game, the Rams game. Baker Mayfield, 48 hours, gets the, you know, uh, basically traded from Carolina to to the Rams. He rides 48 hours, picks up the playbook, learns the playbook, and goes out and, and beats our Raiders and outplays Carr. This is, this is Carr's numbers in that game. 55 completion percentage, 137 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, with a 36.9 QBR, we lost that game. One of the interceptions was was uh, was a late second uh, interception. Josh Jacobs had 27 carries, 99 yards, 3.7 average, and a touchdown. The next game, 
52.6 completion percentage, 231 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. So 86.6 QBR. Uh, Josh Jacobs had 22 carries, 93 yards, a 4.2 average, and, a, uh, and no touchdowns. Now, this is the game that we had that fluke play. It was tied uh, 24-24. Uh, basically, the Patriots were driving, you know, trying to get a you know a field goal at the end of the um, – as time was expiring or whatever, they they clearly just could have uh, went into overtime and tried their chances in overtime. But no, uh, one of their players, uh, you know, tried a boneheaded play, tried to do you know uh, backward passes or whatever, trying to uh, trying to score and threw it right to Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, you know, runs it back, scores a touchdown, end of the game. So we easily could have lost that game. Um, I, I call that, you know, basically a flu play, you know, because it could have, like I said, we were tied. So we don't know what would have happened um, in uh, in the second, you know, in, in overtime or whatever. But we did uh, pull that win out. And then and so they looked at it as, OK. What are we going to do? So they, they went ahead and, you know, let Carr go back out um, for the Steelers game. This is his numbers in the Steelers game. 53.3 completion percentage, 174 yards, a touchdown, three interceptions, a 42.2 QBR, and we lost that game. Josh Jacobs had 15 carries, 44 yards, 2.9 average, and eight touch or and uh, no touchdowns. As we know, um, that the last interception that Carr threw uh, basically sealed his fate pretty much. Um, he had Hunter Renfro wide open, and for whatever reason, man, I don't know, man. He just he has bad foot uh, footwork anyway. Um, he threw it off. He wasn't his base wasn't set. He didn't really have any pressure on him, and he just floated it up, and the safety picked it off. So this is Carr's last four games F- completion percentage: fifty three point three, fifty five, fifty two point six, and fifty three point three. He finished a six game stretch. 57.6 QBR, 1,394 yards, 11 touchdowns, and nine interceptions with a 67.2 QBR. Now, you all kind of wonder, you know, going back to when we were 2-7, and seven, we lost that game against the uh, the Colts. You know, Carr gets up there in the presser, and he's, you know, he's uh, crying. Um and you know, pouring his heart out or whatever. He knew, he knew right then and there he was pretty much done. Cause his numbers and how he was playing, he felt it right there in that game, knowing that he lost a game like that. And then two weeks prior, getting shut out, shut out and not even crossing the fifty yard line. He knew his that game right there hit his Fate was sealed, and his emotions uh, got the best of him because he knew. So when you guys sit there and say that he was scapegoated and he was sabotaged and he was set up and and all of this, Carr has has nobody to look uh, to or be pissed off but himself. He knew going into the season, I had the ball out. I had to play. I had to show them that I can run this offense and be the quarterback that they need uh, or I'm not going to be here. So for him to get benched the last two games, 
One, it was his play, obviously. Two, they have a a stipulation in the contract that if he gets injured, we owe him $40 million. That's something that they could not take that chance. Him getting hurt. So they had no, no other choice but to bench him the last two games. And 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 let Stenham go in and kind of see what Stenham can do. Yeah, I know it kind of rubbed some people the wrong way because, you know, he didn't come out and say, hey, this is a business decision. We don't, you know, want him to get hurt, blah, blah, blah. No, he says, we want to see what Jared Stenham can do. We want to evaluate Jared Stenham. And people lost their mouth. So you're trying to say Jared Stenham is better than Carr, blah, blah, blah. No, it was a business decision. Okay? So what did Carr do? Carr goes home. He basically takes his ball and says, okay, I'm going home. He didn't stay around. He didn't stay around his uh, his teammates that he said he loves so much or, you know, he respects. When you go into when you go into war um, with these guys, man, you go in the huddle and you look at it, you know, looking at these guys in, in, in their eyes, man, and their uh, the blood, sweat, and tears and the sacrifice and, and all the hard work and uh, the bumps and bruises and, and all of that, and you basically leave and go home and not be there for them, that that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And it, it, it should have rubbed a lot of uh, uh, Red Nation the wrong way for doing that. Matt Ryan got benched twice this year. And he didn't take his ball and go home. He sat there, sat on the sidelines. He helped, you know, was there for the other quarterback. Um, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was was benched. And he came back, benched again, got traded. But, you know, these quarterbacks, man, like, you know, other quarterbacks, you know, they didn't, you know, take their ball and go home. They stayed there. So, Carr's a little sensitive, man. And do you want that as a as your quarterback? You should want that as your quarterback, man. I mean, this, this guy is, is – him and his brother is the two losingest quarterbacks ever in NFL history. And that's who we had had as our quarterback. So I'm not going to get off in, into that. I got another uh, episode coming up that I'm just going to basically just break it down. Carr breaking down his his nine years, his uh, his tendencies, um, and and everything like that. But I just wanted you know to kind of set the record straight, man. That there was no sabotage. There was no uh, um. Conspiracy theory, you know, there was no uh, setup. There was nothing like that. Carr had uh, came into the season knowing full uh, damn well what he had to do. And he did not have the fortitude to step up and be uh, the quarterback that we thought he was going to be when, when we drafted him. That that left a long time ago. That left back in 2016, actually 2017, but it started in 2016 when he broke his leg. And then 2017 when he broke his back, obviously I, I, I laid it out for you. You know, the offensive line was kind of ticked off at him um, and um, let his ass get kind of uh, beat up that season. And then, you know, he broke his back and missed, you know, um, 
you know, a couple games, or, yeah, a couple games, so, so, he was never the same, he was never the same after 2017 when he got, when he got injured, he quit running, he, I mean, his pocket awareness was already kind of iffy, uh, but he did stand in the pocket uh, early on, um, when he first, when he first came to the Raiders, I mean, that's why his, his stock, he was kind of rising, man. That's why he was a Pro Bowl. You know what I'm saying? He carried us, you know, to a 12 and three uh, record before he got injured. So he, I mean, he was rising, and you seen it. And then after he got hurt, that stopped. He was throwing the ball away. He was he was throwing out of bounds. He wasn't, you know, uh, trying to scramble for yards. You know, uh, he was taking a lot of sacks uh, because he just didn't he didn't want to hold on to the ball. So, anyways, um. Hope you guys like the the uh, the podcast, man. Like I said, you know, I'm not trying to kill Car, man. I'm not, you know, I love the the guy. I mean, I love the person. Uh, great Godfaring man, man. Uh, awesome family man. Um, uh, a good guy, but you know, you need more than that, man. To uh, to play quarterback, and to me, man, he's just an average quarterback. And Josh McDaniels was not going to um, hitch his wagon. And be the seventh head coach uh, fired on the car. Um, he was not going to do that. That's why he gave himself an out, um, and and he exercised that. Just ask yourself if if you take over business, say say you bought a business or whatever, and you you come in and you got you know several employees. Are you going to just automatically say, hey, you know, uh, I'm gonna give you a raise. Everybody gets raises. I'm a you know I'm gonna promote you and and all of that, or are you going to sit back, see how they work, see how they, uh, what their work ethic is, uh, see if they can even do the things that you need them to do, uh, set some, you know, guidelines and, uh, uh, set some goals. You know, if, if you're in a business, uh, that, that's sell oriented, you know, see, you know, um, who can you basically, you know, sell and who can't sell or whatever, then after evaluating who you have uh, working for you, you know, who you're going to have to let go, who you're going to keep, who you're going to ra- uh, get raises to, who you're going to promote. That's how you do business. Same thing with here, man. They came in and was like, hey, I'm not going to sit there and I'm just not going to give everybody, you know, raises and promotions and and, you know, whatever. You know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm going to see what I got and, you know, see how you perform. And if you perform great. I'm going to give you 121 mil. I'm going to give you 40 mil guaranteed. If you don't, I'm not going to be in the hook for it. I'm not going to lose my job. I'm going to get my quarterback in here uh, that I know that's going to run my system and I'm going to bring a championship to uh, to this organization. So it is what it is, man. Like I said, it, it was, it's nothing against Carr. He didn't have anything against Carr. He could have got rid of Carr early on. He decided to keep him. Um, but he found out quick that he wasn't his – his quarterback. Now, what kind of uh, pisses me off is that if he the, the report said he knew early on that uh, that Carl wasn't the guy that he would you know basically couldn't run his system, then why didn't he not make the make that change? I mean, I get it, I understand, I know what he you know what he was trying to do. He basically was trying to see if Carr can come out of it. But come on, man, you know we had a we had a season here, man, that we could have we could have uh, right the ship. You know, we we finished. Four and two down the stretch the last six games. You know what I'm saying? We could have been when we were one and four, you know, uh, going at two and uh, basically finished two and seven. We went one and f- 
uh, one and three the next four games after going, you know, one and four, he should have made a change then. He should have made the change somewhere around in there, man, and tried to save the season. But he didn't. He stayed, stayed with Carr. Um, and he wasn't even the one that made the decision. Uh, him and uh, Ziegler didn't even make the decision. I mean, it took two days of collaborating, uh, trying to make a decision on what they what they were going to do. Mark Davis had to come down and basically make the decision. So if you want to be mad at somebody, be mad at Mark Davis. You know, fire fire McDaniels and fire Josh Ziegler or, you know, Dave Ziegler, blah, blah, blah. You know, bringing out the pitchforks or whatever, man, uh, trying to, you know, uh, stick somebody. Be mad at Mark Davis. He's the one that made the call. He's the one that said, no, bench him. I'm done. And do you blame him? He already gave him five, uh, five-year, $125 million for what? For what? what? What did he produce or what did he bring to, uh, to our organization in that five-year, $125 million contract that he signed back in 2017? Not a damn thing. And you think Mark Davis is going to uh, uh, sit back and say, damn, I'm going to give him another uh, 121 mil to give me what? A nine-year vet, uh, basically two winning seasons in nine years. We had seven of the nine years, nine-plus losses. So we had nine losses or nine-plus losses, seven of his nine years. One playoff appearance. No, I'm sorry. He was he was treated fair. He had a he 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 got paid. So we'll let somebody else pay uh, for that mediocre uh, type quarterback. Let's get a quarterback in here, man. It's gonna uh, take us to the promised land. So, all right, Ready Nation. Uh, this is Ready Glenn Diesel, man. I hope you guys like the uh, the podcast. Uh, the podcast uh, name is uh, Commitment to Bringing You Excellent and that, uh, Excellence, and that's what I try to do, man. Is I try to bring you excellent uh, information. Uh, hope, hopefully, man, you guys can understand that, uh, understand how I broke it down. Um, and let's just move on, man. It, it's time to, uh, time to get back to, uh, to just win, baby. Uh, commitment to excellence and pride and poise. You know, that's what we, that's what we hang our hats on, man. So let's try to get back to that. All right. So anyways, Red Nation, I am out. Red Nation.